These topics were put together by the committee, all the topics of this convention. And I believe very much that God intends to deal with those things. When you talk about discovering and manifesting your calling, I believe very much that it is not a concern of many Christians across the globe. Because many of them don't even know they are called. Majority of the body of Christ today, the messages they hear, you know, is the message of they just going to receive from God. But God did not save us just to receive from Him. The things that God has, which He already had created, they are for us to enjoy. But God called us for the purpose of His work. And so, every believer needs to have the knowledge of, now that I'm born again, where am I here? You know, the church of God is the family of God, as we all know it. And in a home where you have children, and you have the father and the mother, okay, every child has a function. Even from when they are growing, they will give them duties, all right? And the intention of the parents is to mature these children. So at different ages, the parents will give the children different duties that will develop those children to make them independent eventually. Any, any parent who didn't do that will give birth to a child who will grow up and become a headache. But then, <clears throat> for the house to keep going, every member of the family need to be active. So is the calling of God. When we look at calling, I, from my understanding of the Word of God, I discovered that calling is, you know, uh, when you are thinking about calling, you are, you are trying to look for what, what is your function. That is the real thing. If I say, what is my calling? Why am I asking for it? I'm asking for it because I want to know what is my function so that I can function in that which God has ordained that I should function. That is the intuition about calling. Calling is nothing to do with starting ministries or starting churches. That is not calling at all. And we will look at this in the scriptures today. So when we look at calling, therefore, I have classified calling into two categories. The first category I call the general calling. And the second category I call the specific calling. <clears throat> the general calling and the specific calling. Under the general calling, all of us that are born again have equal share, regardless of our title office. And that is what the Church of God in general call the Great Commission. If you look at it, it's in the book of Matthew 28, which is a very usual scripture. Matthew 28. If we look at it from verse 19. <clears throat> 
Can I say that the rule, well, let's look right from verse 18. Throughout this period that I want to teach you, expect impartation as I speak. Are you with me now? When I teach you, expect an impartation. I dealt a little bit with that about that on Sunday. Because if we will not receive an impartation that will be added to what we have, then our week is in vain. And it's not possible. But it is your heart that determines what you get. Your heart is what determines what you get. So let your heart be very expectant. In the book of Matthew 28, Jesus was the one speaking here. He said, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authorities in heaven and on earth are given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to be all everything I have taught or have commanded you. And surely, although I am with you, always to the very end of age. If we look at this, Jesus is speaking to the church. And I refuse to use the word was. Okay? Because there is a command which is a present continuous. Uh, figuratively addressing those who were there. But, you know, in implication, talking to everybody that will be called in. He said, all authorities are given unto me. Why would Jesus begin by saying, all authorities in heaven and on earth are given unto me, when his intention was to tell you and I to go? It can be nothing but to help us understand that when the Lord sends a man, it does not matter what you confront along the way. They must bow because of the one who sends you. I have been on mission fields and I've met ministers on mission field. You know, old ministers, young ministers. Who have said to me, both in Africa and in England and in America especially, all these missions you are going, you need to really pray for your family. And I've heard some of them say that when I went to do some mission, my family at home was attacked. Or when I went to do some mission, my church was attacked. I would gather now. And it is common among some people. Really, what they said, what happened to their families, what happened to their church, you, it is an operation of Satan. But you see, the greatest mistake they made was that they connected that to their going. Satanic operations in churches and in family has nothing to do with the, the Great Commission. If we would believe that if you go out to preach the gospel, as Jesus said, Satan can attack what you left at home, then Jesus is not the one speaking. I would gather now. That is the reason why Jesus said to you, I am sending you first. And he said, I who am sending you, I have the power over every creation. In other words, when Jesus sends you, the power of Jesus Christ that rules heaven and earth backs you up. That is the meaning of that. And Jesus would not have even said that if people are not going to come into the situation that people are saying that their family was attacked, you know. He wanted you and I to recognize this. That as long as you are doing what he has sent you to do, don't care about anything. He will take care of your home. 
If you go out for the Lord, angels will guard the house. Hallelujah, somebody. The danger of a believer is that if you don't go out like that, then your house is not guarded. That's when you can fall into all the problems and stuff like that. But for anybody who goes out for the Great Commission, preach on the streets, preach in the bus, preach everywhere you go. God did not create a being that can confront you. And I will show you more. While those people had the issues they had, my own understanding and conviction is that those issues are related to something else. It is not because they went to preach. Because Jesus has said, all powers in heaven and earth have been given to me. Therefore, in another way, because I am the one who is commanding all power, I'm sending you. But then if you look at what he said here too, he said, go make disciples of all nations. Now, <laughs> few things are here. And I think if we don't understand this section, you will not understand this, this section of calling. Jesus says, therefore, go make disciples of all nations. Let me say this to you. The word all nations can be classified as in a city like London, you have all nations there. Yes? The, the confirmation of that is that when the day of Pentecost fully came, all right, Right in Jerusalem where the Holy Spirit came down, all nations were there. Because the Bible says in chapter 2, everybody had them speaking Persia, Midi, you know, African language, Roman language, all the languages. They had them in their own mother tongue. So all nations can be in a city. But then, if we look at the evidence of Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it seems as if... God is speaking about, Jesus was speaking about the city that may comprise all nations, but then move further. Jurisdiction that we have to preach is anywhere human beings are. You can preach anywhere. Your boundary is where human beings exist. So you can preach the word of God in the city that you are. You can preach it in the country that you are. You can preach it in the continent that you are. You can move to the ends of the earth and preach it. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 tells you that too. So therefore, as it is that all nations can be reached in a city, beginning from the city, you must have this that you are not just to be here. If by, by your work you are transferred from the base, it cannot just be for promotion only. It is because there is a substance in you that you have received in your base for the Lord. Deposit inside you. That there are people in that area that they have just transferred you. They need it. But if you as a Christian go to another area, you move by transfer to another area, and you don't have this recognition, you will go and submit to people or looking for places where you can go and worship, whereas you are the sent one. To make a difference. Our churches in Ireland started like that. Members of this church went to Ireland. And when they went from garden to garden, they said, what is going on here? Everywhere they are going is just rattling and stuff. They started home group in their home. And today we have branches in Ireland. The same thing with Birmingham. The man went from church to church. Every church he went, when they say lead prayer, when they say pray, and he prays. They will call him pastor and they want to make him a pastor. I said, no, 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 no. I'm a member of the church. But then the Birmingham church had been a place of many people. So you must know this. This is the apostolic dimension. Therefore, your jurisdiction in a general calling is the whole earth. 
And you don't need to be ordained for this. It's, this is a commission to every born again. But it didn't stop there. It says, make disciples, isn't it? The word make disciples is increment of two functions. You can't disciple somebody who has not converted. Yes? So which means that you have, we have two, two edge operation. To get somebody out of the world into Christ and bring him to salvation. Yes? And then to now educate the person from what we have received. I would together now. This is the essence of home groups in church. Because I'm going to call in. There are many people that God has great calling upon them. But if you do not fulfill the rudimentary, you will not be ready for the function and that person may die without being called. Because a good number of Christians believe that once you are called into the fivefold ministry, you go out to start ministry. That's not what God is saying to you. And I will show you in the Bible. God gives you gifts. Well, don't let's go there first. God has called you as a born again to go and tell others about your salvation. Okay? And then teach them what you have been taught in church. So, every one of you should look for your own class that you will teach. Every Christian must look for his own punching bag. Once you hear the gospel, look for somebody to teach. In your office, tell them what you have just learned in church on Sunday. How beautiful it was on Sunday. Tell them about the praise and worship. Tell them about the lecture you had. You know, you must look for your own school, class, that you will educate. Bring them to Christ and share with them what you know of Him. This is a calling for all Christians. Let me say this to you now, therefore. I love that scripture because... If you look at that scripture again, it says, Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Can I just say this before we move further? That in our Discipling people. Because discipling somebody is beyond just telling him. Okay? Discipling somebody is making that person like you. I told you on Sunday, a disciple is an apprentice. So somebody who will teach an apprentice himself will be senior to an apprentice. Of course, in the school of apprenticeship, you have the male master who is uh, the professional. But you have those who are senior boys uh, who have been in the apprenticeship maybe for a year or longer than the new people coming. So there is a place for the senior man to come and teach everybody. But there is a place for the young apprentice to be taught by those who are just one year old. Maybe the senior one gives you, you know, you know uh, some problems to go and solve. They will go to those who are one year older than them. Please help me with this. And they will be helping them to make them like they in first year with the intention of becoming like the master who is teaching. Alright? That is apprenticeship. So which means therefore that our communication of Christ is not only by teaching but by behavior. Okay? 
You who want someone to be born again in your, in your office, your behavior must be extraordinarily good. It must be such that it's appealing to everybody who met you. All right? Your, your stream must be sweet. And it is the, the, the external people who can always confirm us. You cannot confirm yourself or validate yourself. You know, I told you that there are some people working in my house or renovating my house. And uh, the chief builder who employed everybody came to, you know, I took him to the church. You know, because he's a professional builder with a, a legitimate company. Uh, so, and I ran to church to come and help us with some things, you know. And so when we were coming, driving down in my car, he said to me, he said, uh, Alfred, I said, yes, how are you? Um, um, Dave is his name. All of them bear Christian names in England. Either Paul or David or John. They are the one all over the place. So, and I said, yeah, hi, Dave. He said, I want to tell you something. I said, what is it? He said, there is something about your house. I said, what? He said, everyone I brought to your house, electrician, plumber, everybody, when they come into your house, the first thing they tell me before they go is that there is such a peace in this place. He said, they didn't say it together. I brought them at different days, but they all said, that look, there's such a peace in this house. They said we have been to many places to walk, but we've never been to a very peaceful place like this. They said even in the absence of the uh, dwellers of the house, that it's so peaceful environment. And they said also that we have never received so much welcome, you know, free, like anywhere like in this house. And it says to me that I told them that the same thing I felt. He says, so keep it up. And you know what? That opens the door for me. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> you got it. But you know, at the same time, it gives me a confirmation that I'm following Christ. Because I just related with them. They were watching us, my wife and I, daily. You know, they'd be with us for about two weeks before this utterance came out. They watch us. They come in before, you know, in the morning, as early as seven sometime. I will walk on out and I haven't, I haven't woken up. They are coming. And they saw us, our normal life. Okay? And then how we related with them. Your conduct should preach Jesus than your words. I will together now. So it means, therefore, that you who want to disciple another person... You also must be discipled in the sense that you must submit to the teachings of Christ as much as possible. All these things, have they, have, what have they to do with calling? I hope you understand that. I hope you understand that. But this is a general calling. So, he ended up by saying, teaching them who will be all I have commanded you, and surely, or lo, I am with you always to the very end of age. Now, before we look at the, the surely will be with you, with you, Jesus said you should teach. So all Christians are teachers. Yes? Come on now. All Christians are what? Because he told you to teach. 
To teach is very simple. You teach what you have been taught and what you have read. That is the reason why when you come to church, you must bring in a writing pad. So that as, as the minister is speaking, you are writing down with two intentions. Number one, with the intention to revise what God spoke to you as a person. And second intention is that you want to, that is your own sermon now. Once it has left me to you, it has become yours. So that you too can teach somebody, if they ask you to come and teach about the, you know, calling, manifesting your call and, uh, and, uh, and um, um, uh, manifesting the calling and the gifts, you know what to say. You know what to say. That there are two callings, the general calling and the specific calling. The general calling is the great commission to everybody that Jesus said. And that's what we're looking at. But if you look at the, 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 the conclusion of the general calling, Jesus said, Lo, I'm with you. Which means that anybody who preaches the word of God like that, share the word of God, the Lord is always with you. Understand? He is always with you. You know something about the presence of the Lord? When you are so used to presence of the Lord... The first thing I can tell you personally, and some of you can witness with this, is that it will, it will erode fear from you gradually until it brings you to a place where you don't have any fear at all. It will first deal with fear. Because what causes fear is, is because of insecurity. If something appears to you and you are afraid, it's because you, know, you, are not secure, you don't feel secure. But when you know, when you walk in the fear of God, and you, you walk in the presence you will come to a place whereby you know it. You know, if you are walking in, the, in your garden and the Lord comes, you will know the atmosphere will change instantly. And you will know that you are about to hear Him too. You know, if you are in a room alone and the presence will come, you will just know it. Really before the presence arrives, you will know that the presence is coming. Because this happens because you are a disciple. It only happened to those who really are disciples. I know a disciple is somebody who reads the word so that he too can teach the word. You read the Bible very well. You love the Bible. You love the Lord. You love your master. Those are the things about a disciple. And he guarantees, he said, I will be with you. If we look at the last, the last chapter of Mark, I always love to end this teaching with, with the last chapter of Mark. Mark... Chapter 16, Mark chapter 16, verse um, 19 and 20. It says, after the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up to heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And what did he say? Shall we read that together? And the Lord, let's read it together. Look up. Oh, look at your Bible. Open your Bible and look at it. It's good. It's good that you do. Shall we read it together? And the Lord walked with them and confirmed his word by signs that come. And the Lord walked with them and confirmed their word. By the signs that follow. So, signs and wonders 
It's not what you pray for to have to, that God should use it for signs and wonders. Signs and wonders is attestation of God when you hear the word. You can pray that God should do signs and wonders in your life, but for God to use you for signs and wonders, it's not by fasting and praying. No, it is by preaching the gospel. Because if you ask God, give me power for signs and wonders, and you are not preaching the gospel, what does God want to confirm? Nothing. 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 Signs and wonders for God is to say that what she's saying is true about me. Let me show myself. What he's saying is true about me. Let me approve of what he's saying. And if you look at signs and wonders, therefore, signs and wonders is given by God to confirm his word. That's the reason why sometimes when I go out to crusade, some of you go with me, you see so many miracles happen, we come to church, it's not like that. Miracles happen, but not at that scale. The reason is because in church I'm not preaching salvation. You have been saved already. Only few people that are not saved who come to church experience some signs. Or unless if the devil is after somebody, then God will trigger the power. Okay? But the house of God is not a place for miracles, signs, and wonders. It happens sometimes if there is a need for it. Because signs and wonders is to confirm what God was saying is true. And whenever we go out to preach the gospel, we always preach salvation. We don't tell, we, we, are not, we are not teaching to build them up. No, we are teaching to get them saved. And good news to the blind is to see. If I preach good news about Jesus Christ to a blind person, I say, receive your sight. He sees. Because good news to him is to see. I said Jesus healed the blind, then he has to heal him. Jesus healed the deaf, he has to heal him. He raised the dead, he has to raise the dead. I would together now. So that's the difference between the church and the field. But you agree with me that if you want the presence all the time, it will only happen to those who witness, who testify to the Son. Are we getting that now? Yes? Come on now, answer me. All right, so I've spent a little bit of time explaining to you the general calling. Let me go to specific calling, therefore. The specific calling is in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. Let, 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 yeah, let, let's, let's look at that. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. I'll be very quick on this one. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. I will always teach more of this in, the, in, in August when we do Holy Ghost Convention. Each day of the seven days, it will be heavy barrage. But the men's group, they want power. And you get it in Jesus' name. <laughs> Look at what it says here. It began by saying to each one, but to each one, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And then he went in verse 11. And said it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Now, these, these five areas are what the church of God generally refer to as ministry gifts. Ministry gifts. In another, the reason why they call it ministry gifts is because they are gifts that... When you receive it, and the Lord commissions or calls you into it, 
and the church commissions you into it. You function in a particular manner. I will gather. If there is a pastor among you, the grace that will manifest in that person is that he will always like to follow up people. He will always like to attend to people. People will talk. He will listen. It's never any haste. Whereas if you have an evangelist among you, he's always on the streets. He doesn't have time you talking. If you are talking, talking, you say, let's go, let's go. He takes you to the streets. The spirit of evangelist is so winning. He wants to reconvert those who are already converted. If the pastor is not careful, an evangelist wants to preach Jesus to you and ask you, are you really born again? <laughs> you know, when people meet you on the side and they say, are you really born again? Don't be angry with them. Just say, oh boy, evangelist. <laughs> I can see the spirit in you. I am born again. Let both of us go fishing now. Let's go and preach to those who are not born again. You know, the heart of evangelism is just salvation. But if there is a prophet among you as well, what will be seen in the church is, prophet is different from prophesying. Prophesying is not a prophet. All of you can prophesy. First Corinthians chapter 14. Okay. But prophets are people who see open vision. Numbers chapter 12 verse 6. If there's a prophet among you, I speak to them by vision. I speak to them by dreams. You can have dreams and they'll be vision. When I say vision, it's different from, oh, I had an encounter on the dream. The vision of prophet is this. You pray over somebody in the day and God didn't speak to you. You sleep. An angel will appear to you and tell you, the person you prayed for, come and see. And it will open the life of that person to you. The problem, the reason why the problem is, is this. So tell her to do X, Y, Z, and the problem is gone. And then the prophet will come and meet the person that, yes, concerning what we prayed about yesterday, this is what the Lord revealed to me. And that person will know it's true. Okay, the law says you do X, Y, Z. And she does it, and there will be a solution. That is a prophet. I will gather now. Or the law will reveal to you that in, at such and such a time, this event will happen here, that event will happen here, this will take place here. And it is it's so. It can be on the dream. And it can be when we are praying, an open vision like, you know, as I'm seeing you now, a prophet can just see another scene. There is the youth convention in Birmingham. A 13-year-old uh, youth had a vision on Sunday. Open vision. And he saw the cloud. And he said he saw, he saw angels blowing trumpet, you know, like house riders coming from the cloud. And everybody on earth were in chaos. You know? It is possible that what that child saw is the next phase that may begin in July. You know, I've been telling you about judgment coming. You know, because this present age, the, you are, all of you who have been coming to Bible school, you will, you, will, you will understand this, that you have been reading about how God judges people who are, you are disobedient and stuff like that, and God will continue to punish them, punish them, punish them, and yet instead of them to repair the wound until God punish them terribly. And that's what is happening here now in the world. Because all what is happening there, see, taking it uh, is this. Because the scale is not all over, universal. It happened here for today, maybe two weeks, it happened another place, another week here. 
But you can imagine when the barrage of punishment will come all over the whole world at the same time. Nobody will be, will have, will be able to sympathize with another person because you two are mopping your own. I will gather now. So what I, that child saw, watch out. But that's open vision. Open vision you see, not in your mind. You see it like that. Well, of course, the mind of the spirit, not your human mind I'm talking about, not your thoughts. So a prophet also can prophesy that thus said the Lord, blah, 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 and that will be. When prophets speak, they can't recall it. Because what they said is what God is saying. Men moved by the spirit spoke as of God, and it will happen. Either you believe it or not, it doesn't matter. You don't need to pray for it to happen. You can only pray to undo if it was a calamity. That is God's judgment. Or they reveal the plan of the, of the devil. Go and read 1 Corinthians chapter 14. When we come in August, I will teach you more on that. So the same thing with an apostle, the same thing with an evangelist, the same thing with the prophet. But these areas of calling cannot happen to somebody who had not been discipled. And if somebody is called into any office, he can't go out until he has been mentored. Go and read the book of Acts chapter 8 and chapter 9. Really from chapter 9. When Paul was called, he was blind. Though he had open vision, he couldn't do anything. God had to send Ananias to go and lay hands on Paul. And the scale fell from his eyes. And he stayed with Ananias. That's who mentored him. Who discipled him. Or else he can't do anything. Though he saw Jesus' face. After a surgeon. So we understand that there are four. For a person, you, you will agree with me now. If I say that, okay, God calls somebody to be a pastor, I say, go and start a branch over there. If you have not been doing it here, how can you start a branch? You don't know what I'm talking about. To start a church is not just gather people, sing and pray, and then say the grace. No, that's not a church. You do that in home group. Even in home group level, there is still a, a level of administration that will be involved in running a home group. But church is a different ball game completely. Church is a different ball game. You know, so therefore, you must have been disciples. And a disciple also is somebody who you will see in the nature of a disciple. He, wants, he doesn't want to miss prayer meeting. He doesn't want to miss um, uh, Bible study, a person who has a calling, that is hard, it drives them. Read the Bible all the time. They want to understand the Bible. They want to talk about the Bible. They call any meeting. If it is the Lord, they are there. If it is for the Lord, they are there. It's because they have a calling. For people who, you know, they don't have a calling. Not everybody have calling. All of us are called the great uh, commission. But not all of us are called to the fivefold. No, 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 no. If God called everybody to the fivefold, there will be a problem. There will be chaos. Because the fivefold is the governmental authorities of the church. I would gather now. But you can see kids, when you see children, very small like that, young like that, you can know those God called among them. By their behavior, you will know it. They love anything of God. And they are very serious with God. At that age, while others are still playing games, they are not. You can tell. 
In April, in August, remind me, I will tell you about the story of my childhood, my babyhood. Is it babyhood you call it? Childhood or babyhood? <laughs> or baby childhood? <laughs> when I was three, four, what my parents spoke about me, I will tell you about that. A person that is called, you know. Same thing when you are in university or secondary school, you will know those who are going to be political leaders. Are you with me now? You will know them. That is what they will be. From teenage age, you will be able to know them. So, therefore, your, this calling, we understand that it is God's own calling. But, the Bible tells us that it comes by grace apportioned by Christ. Isn't it? Now, let me just take you to this. It says... It says in verse 7, to each one grace has been given as Christ apportions it. So it means that it's Jesus Christ who calls you to this office. The office of pastor, apostle, teacher, uh, prophet, and, and, uh, and uh, evangelist. God, uh, Jesus calls you into it. Okay, because he's the head of the church. And he has set different operations in the church. And he calls people to function in those places. But if you are not called to function in a place and you are appointed, what will happen is that you will not function. Because it won't empower you to function. You are not built for it. That is the position. And the scripture that tells us that is the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1 from verse 4. It says, the word of the Lord came to me before I formed you in the womb. I knew you before you were born. I set you apart. I appointed you to be to, as a prophet to the nations. So we understand by this that God said to Jeremiah, because I appointed you as a minister, before I formed you, I knew it. And before you were developed. Which means that God coded the, the body, the fetus, to be prophetic. That's the reason why some of us have some, some grace or senses or some kind of behavior, according to calling, that nobody can replicate. Because we are made to be like that. We were called to be, we were, we were built to be like that. People can try, but you can't replicate it. It's impossible because you are not built to function that way. And if each one of us have our various ways of functioning according to the calling. But for general gifts, no, you don't need anything. You only need to just go. Read the Bible, develop yourself, and go. All right. So go back to, to the Ephesians, therefore. Write this down. I've told you about the general calling, which is the Great Commission, and the um, specific calling, which is the ministry call. Write this down. The Great, the great Commission, which is general calling, is God's man, given mandate through Christ. It's God's given mandate. He mandated all the church. Through Jesus Christ, God spoke. Go and make disciples. But the second thing is the ministry calling, which is fivefold ministry, is God's given grace. All right? Through Christ. 
Jesus is the one who apportions it. He says to each one, grace has been given by who? By God. But the one who apportions it is Christ. He gives this one grace to be an apostle. He gives this one grace to be an evangelist. Another one pastor. Another one, you know, teacher and stuff like that. Jesus is the one. Because he's the head of the church. And he knows what he needs for his body to function. If we look therefore at the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 4 to 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It further helps us to understand this calling. Chapter 12, 4-6. Now, look at it. It says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. So wherever you see the gift of, the gift of God manifesting, it is the Holy Spirit functioning. Yes? Are we together now? Okay. So... There are different kinds of services, but the same Lord or ministry. I feel like the word Lord there is talking about Jesus. Lord. Yes? The same Lord. <laughs> Someone had told me before that it's Lord. It's not Lord. Lord. Alright? <laughs> so, now... For service, he calls you to service. So it means that ministry call is a call to serve. That's why anybody who is called a pastor, an apostle, a prophet, or a bishop, or a general overseer, if you don't serve people, I wonder who called you. Because Jesus called you to service. Jesus is saying to you that, look, this is my household. I'm supposed to be their pastor, but go and pastor for me. I'm supposed to be their prophet, but go and be their prophet for me. I'm supposed to be the apostle, but you go and bring the apostle. So, he puts in this man, the pastor, out of him. He puts in this woman, the prophet, and he puts in this woman, the apostle. And he says, go and do it for me. Okay? So, therefore, anybody that is ordained to office, you are not ordained to oppress people. You are not ordained to be bossing people, to be commanding Demanding respect. You don't demand respect. It's your manifestation that, that will, you know, attract the respect for you. I would get that. A, a young doctor who just came out of university cannot be saying that. Do you know I'm a doctor? Get with your student and say, do you know I'm a doctor? No. When they put you in theater and you didn't collapse, after they opened a the human being, and you were helping them doing the work, the person that you operate is the one who says, ah, that's my doctor. Not so. It is your functioning that, that demands your respect. So when you are ordained in the church, you are not ordained to be head or boss of people. No. He said it. You are called to serve. But when you serve diligently, people will honor you. They will respect you because Jesus will back you up with gifts through the Holy Spirit. They will see the gift of the Holy Spirit manifesting in you. It is that manifestation of the gift which is seen in your service that determines respect and honor and appreciation. Somebody is sick, you lay hands on them, say, Father, in the name of Jesus, and the person is healed. 
You think the person will not respect you? Ah. Somebody whose business is crashing to pieces and has got to rock bottom. And you just went and said that, I felt in my spirit that I should pray with you. Don't worry. That's business that you are doing. You will see a miracle in seven days. And within seven days, the person saw the miracle. Where does it come first? It's you who spoke. Or somebody who, is, who hasn't got a job. I regret, I regret, I regret, I regret. You pray with them and say to them that this one you are going for, you are going to pass. And <clears> they <throat> are going to take you. Really, this is how it's going to be. They will tell, how much do you want to earn? He said, this amount. That is what God will put in their mouth. And you got to the interview, the people offered you that amount. There is a brother here, a brother who was in CFT at the beginning. I saw him on uh, yesterday and I was very happy to see him back. He was in CFT 27 years ago. All right. He was the one, God told me that he was going for an interview as an accountant. He was a qualified accountant at the time. He was supposed to be in this business. I don't know why I can't see him. He'll be here tomorrow anyway. God told me about uh, him. And the Lord told me that, look, I showed me a, a job that he's going to get. So in the dream now, the Lord now, I told him, God will meet you up in your dream. And in the dream, he had a dream and he saw the address and the name of the company. This is really what happened. He was in church. And the Lord said to me, you are fired. He went to the office the following day, they fired him. He came by and said, Pastor, they sacked me. I said, yes. <laughs> so, when they sacked him, now they, now they sacked me. I said, Lord, now they sacked him. What is it? He said, I will give him a better job. Because the work he's doing, they are exploiting him. And the Lord said to me that the job I will give him, the person who owns the company will vacate the seat for him. You know? So I prayed with him, and that night he had a vision. I went in his dream, he saw the address and the name. He woke up with anxiety, you know. <laughs> he forgot the address, but he remembered the name. Now that came to me and said, I, I, Pastor, uh, Pastor, I remember the name, I can't remember the address. Go check yellow pages. He checked the yellow pages, he found the name, and then he found the address. He went to the interview, and the Lord said that, look, when you go to that place... The amount they should pay you is 25,000 pounds. This was 1991 or so. 25,000 pounds. I don't 1991. And you know, 25,000 pounds to him is like, ha, ah, somebody collecting um, 200,000 today. He who was earning whether 12,000 or, or, or 15,000. So when he got to the place, the, the woman said that you are the one I've been looking for. As the prophetic has said. And the woman said, I have uh, a, some of the company, maybe about four companies or so. I'm going to leave this one for you. As the Lord has said. And then the woman said, how much will I pay you? Uh, give me 18000 And the woman said, all right, I will give you 25000 He almost collapsed. As the Lord has said. All right. That was how I was given 25,000. Because the Lord said you'll be offered 25,000. Now, I'm talking about gifts operating through a minister. Okay? That is what demands respect. That you are a true man or woman of God. And but then, to each one that have been called to service by Christ, 
the Holy Ghost gives them gifts to function in that service. But the last one is the third one, which says, we are looking at 1 Corinthians, isn't it? There are different kinds of work in verse 6, but the same God works all in all. So, say this after me. God sent Jesus. Jesus sent me. Holy Ghost empowers me. Look at the cooperation. The Holy Spirit gives gifts. As the moment Jesus calls somebody to serve, to ministry, Holy Ghost will just go, all the gifts in need, he will, he will open them up. Okay? When that person mounts his office, God now begins to walk in him. Yeah? So when God is working in him, signs and wonders, it triggers healing, it triggers word of knowledge, it triggers wisdom, it triggers, you know, faith, he operates. But the Holy Spirit is the one who put all those gifts there. God is the one who works those gifts out. Can you see that we have no business in all these things? Only need to be available. So that's why if somebody prophesies here and is always accurate, that person is not anything. He is using what he didn't work for. It's not by fasting and prayer he is prophesying. You know, we command and the dead is raised. It's not by fasting and prayer. It is because the Holy Spirit gave those gifts so that we can work in the office that Jesus has called us. And because we are testifying about his son, the father walks through us. And those miracles happen. That is the reason why Romans chapter 12 begins to tell us something. Look at the book of Romans chapter 12 very quickly. Romans 12. Look at verse 3. It says, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself uh, with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Somebody who is a minister doesn't have to put up a shoe as if he's so untouchable. And when he's coming, everybody's falling. You don't need all those nonsense. You know, in my language, they said, You didn't understand, I just spoke in tongues. You know, the meaning of it is that somebody just saw an animal, a game that was killed in the field. He didn't shoot the game. All right, he just saw that the game is being shot and is on the field. And he went and got got knife and he started cutting it, dissecting the game. I mean, somebody killed the game, not you. Okay? The government said to us that we're having infestation of all this, um, uh, you know, uh, what do you call this guy, this, this stuff in my area, um, all this... Uh, Antelopes, or there is this, not foxes, there is this animal that we have. Hmm? Deer, deer. We have a lot of deer, you know. Sometimes they become too, too many and the government will allow to be sh- to them to be shot for food or persons. Okay? And then 
Haven't government said that you are just driving by the roadside and you saw a deer falling and you quickly parked and brought your tools and you started cutting the deer, cut the leg and put it in your boot. Somebody else shot it there. <laughs> in other words, the gift inside you is given to you by somebody who is God. Holy Spirit gave you. So when the Holy Spirit uses you, you don't have any glory in it. As to begin to pretend and uh, put all sort of physical action like some do. And, so that everybody will be running for you. And they think that you are, you are, you, you are something else. And when you are moving, they are pushing people. And because if I touch you, you will fall. And then take your coat, hit the ground, fall. You didn't fall. Slap him. <laughs> they do that too. Push him. They say, receive it, receive it, receive it. And they are pushing people. <laughs> Excuse me. Jesus called you to service when you did not know. Because Jeremiah tells us before you were born, he formed you for the service. The Holy Spirit saw that you have been called to the service. And I said, okay, you need this gift. He put it there. And when God wants to move, he walks it through you. So then, what is your portion than to serve with honor and dignity and to respect God's people in the service? When I do crusades, I do not allow people who are possessed to confess in my crusade. Because I didn't see one in the Bible. To call them forward and say, tell us... What you used to be. I say, I was a witch. Which of the witches? Uh, is it the air or the land or the sea? Uh, our own witch is by banana tree we have witchcraft. <laughs> and the whole church is sitting down now, hearing someone from the devil. It will never happen in my crusade. <laughs> Hallelujah. I went to do a crusade in Agonwe, they call it in Nigeria. And, uh, you know, they told me, the pastors came in, Bishop Jidori is one of the, you know, he's the main guy in Nigeria. He said he went to Agonwe and then he was told about a man who terrorized the churches in Agonwe, this place called Agonwe. And that man was the head of Muslim, but he's the head of cult too. He was so wicked that he went to the church and beat people with charms, you know, and tear their drum physically. He was so violent. So I said, okay. He said, he said he told them that he's coming to report to his father. I said, okay, go put crusade there. We are in the day. I said, I'm coming. Tell the man that I'm coming. And when they went, they did, as I put my photograph on the bay, let it circulate it throughout the Jebel land. If they circulate my face throughout that territory, because God had devastated that territory so terribly. They will warn him not to misbehave. Because when I come, I want to go to his house. The one who is the troubler of Israel. I do this because of the way I'm programmed. It is the way God programmed me. I will not expect everybody to be able to do that. But as an apostle of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, when it comes on me, if you are with me, my wife, stay clear. If you are with me at that time, unless you are connected... The ventures I will go into will look too dangerous in a natural thinking because of the way I'm programmed. But you know, when I came straight away to the crusade, <laughs> God had afflicted the man before I got there. 
God afflicted him. Because he went to church to go and afflict God's people. Nothing happened to those Christians, but the hand of God touched him. So the man, unfortunately, he tried all his power, he failed. And unfortunately for him, I was having ministers meeting in the day before evening. So the man came because now he needs to be healed. And he knows that it is the God of Christian that afflicts him. Because all his devils run away. And he knows that it's only in the church they can be, he can be healed. But he doesn't know difference between ministers meeting. We don't pray for sick in ministers meeting. We teach them. In the evening we pray for sick. So the man was there. And so, <laughs> uh, I was preaching. The Holy Spirit told me that uh, these people sitting down here, not all of them are ministers. I said, I can smell a rat. Not all of you here are ministers of God. I said, if you came here and you are not a minister of God, you made a mistake. You will work for God by force. Because the Lord had told me, there are, some of them are you know, involved in occult stuff. I said, you work by force. Not only that the man is there. He was there. I finished, the man ran out. An old man ran out right towards me in the car. I said, stop. Let's see the man. The man came, knelt down. All his uh, family that came together, they went to the floor. What's the matter? The man said, um, <laughs> I, I am, he introduced himself. Baba, then I said, yeah, you are the one I'm looking for. I came all the way from England because of you. You are the Baba, then he said, yes, sir, yes, sir. I said, so you have been given the church problem. He said, I'm no more. I'm no more. He said, I have been afflicted. I, I was the one you are talking to. I, I, I came to pastor's meeting. But I, I'm the head of this and I'm the head of that. I said, okay. Do you want to accept Jesus? I said, yes, I want to accept Jesus Christ. I say after me, Lord Jesus, right on his knees, I led him to Christ. But you see something that happened in the night, in the evening meeting. As you're having the evening meeting, the power of God moved all over the whole place. God does what he wanted to do. And people were healed and delivered. And I gave altar call. The old man was the one running in the front again. He gave his life to Christ twice in the day. <laughs> Hallelujah. So when the man ran to the front, another girl ran after him. And she stood. So, and then led all of them to Christ. So many people came out. When I led them to Christ, I handed over the microphone to one of the ministers. And this girl ran to the pulpit who was by the Baba Adini. I'm a witch, I'm a witch, I'm a witch. So I was sitting down. And then the boss said, uh-huh. Uh-huh. The fire of God has caught you. Take! How many people did you kill? <laughs> and he said, my brother, I jumped out of where I was before I got to the pulpit the girl has said that my brother died last year and the one who killed her, him. I took the microphone from him. I said, you did not kill your brother. Satan did. And the pastor said, I let him speak. I said, no. No. The Bible says when demons speak, Jesus did not permit them. I would mean that. God is not interested in humiliating a human being because he is God's image. You must be able to differentiate between the devil that occupy illegitimately. 
human body, and the human being God made in his own image. So I rebuke, and I said, quiet. Have you accepted Jesus? I said, yes, I have. So when you have accepted Jesus, don't you remember? Romans chapter 4, verse 7. Blair are those whose sins are forgiven, whose sins love will never count on them. God never remembers your sins anymore. So don't tell anybody you have confessed it to Jesus. He has forgotten it. But so those ministers came to me after and said, ah, but daddy, why did you do that? And I asked them that what you have been doing, where did you see it done in the Bible? Oh, because this man did it. Because that minister did it. No, 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 no. I said, you don't do that. I said, how many of you have come to the church before and be telling the church the sins you are used to commit as your pastor? That, hey, I did this on that day. I did that before I was born again. Even when you are born again, what you did, did you tell the church? I said, so how can I tell the witch to come and confess? Confess what? The house of God. How many pastors did they call to shrine to come and confess Jesus? So, in the church, why should we call people to the church to come and confess devils? You see that it doesn't make logical sense. Are you interested in hearing what they do in the darkness when you are not part of them? What's the, what benefit do you have? When, if I stand here for the past one hour telling you what happened in the kingdom of darkness, you will never be blessed. Some of you will go with devils. Because fear will come to your heart and Satan will follow you. But you have been hearing the word of life, which transforms human hearts, revealing who you truly are to you. So when God manifests the gifts in you, because of the office that he has created you, remember, don't oppress people. Okay? Don't think any much highly of yourself than you ought to. Because he can freeze it. The one who walk it. If the Father does not walk in you, it's only shout that will walk in you and vibration and all those uh, gimmicks. Do your hand like this. Go, sir. Go, sir. Go, sir. Go, sir. Turn to the east. Jesus, 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 turn to the west. I remember when I went to preach in White Garment Church. <laughs> they invited me to London to come and preach in White Garment Church. I went with Pastor Manning. They said we should remove our shoes. I told them anything they said, they are doing it. Because Paul said that we know that they do not worship God. No idol is God. You know? So we got there, they removed their shoes, and we all went inside. And then the man was flitting me with incense. Flit everybody with things. When he got to me, he flipped me, he flipped me. He didn't go. I said, this man, what's the problem with you now? <laughs> he have to be flitted because they are all wearing white. I'm wearing my trousers and shirt. He flit us very, very well. And now say in my heart, I will flit you too when I get the microphone. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, and I told my, my men, Pastor Sidney was with me today, all my members there. I said, whenever you see me do, do. So when we started praying, uh, they, started, uh, they finished their singing. We don't know the kind of song they sang, but we were just there, you know, standing. Uh, and then they now said, we are going to say hallelujah to the four corners of the world. <laughs> 21 hallelujah. Hallelujah. I try to stand like that. Hallelujah. All of them to hallelujah. 21. Then the others is hallelujah. Hallelujah. 21. So it was hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the south, hallelujah. Hallelujah. 21. <laughs> so when they finished with 21, hallelujah. By the time they gave me the microphone, we were almost tired. <laughs> I got the microphone. <laughs> because now I, I'm almost exhausted. <laughs> it's only the father who can do the job. <laughs> As I took the microphone, I connected to the father's side. 
in prayer, Father, in the name of Jesus. And he took over. He just took over. <laughs> so, and when I was passing, I saw so many of them who are demonically involved, witches and stuff like that. And they are the ones who have the largest mantle. You know, with all the songs they are singing, there is one among them. She was just manifesting, and they say it's the Holy Spirit. But because I was a stranger there, you know, I mustn't speak yet. You know, the guy was manifesting demons, and they called her the head of all the prophets, and they said that she'd go into the spirit. I said, okay. When I mount microphone, spirit will call for spirit. As I said, by the name of Jesus, thank God for giving us the platform. I said, Lord, I command fire in the name of Jesus. I had a. I said, thank you for that. <laughs> As I said, what is that? I said, watch, just watch. <laughs> the whole place turned inferno. The prophetess started ruling. <laughs> she was burning like flame. All demons, demons were coming out of people. The whole place scattered. Chairs flew everywhere. Let me say something to you. <laughs> By the time we finished, people were lying on the floor like that, exhausted, because a good number of them were occultic. We were standing. It is our own stand time to now tell them to shout hallelujah to the king of heaven. <laughs> they really shouted. The whole place was flattened. But I will not permit those demons to speak. Neither should they stay there. Demons will live at your command. Are you with me now? You are superior to evil spirit. Because Jesus said, All powers and heaven and earth have been given unto me. Therefore go. You owe nobody apology when you say the truth. You don't say, I'm sorry, when you are telling the truth. If you tell the truth, either it hurt them, it doesn't hurt them, it's their business. The truth is the truth and it does not need apology. I would get it now. But understand this. After the, the crusade, after this, the ministry meeting, I gave altar call. All of them, including the shepherd, came forward and gave their life to Jesus Christ. The shepherd invited me. The shepherd said that I know that people have devils in my church. He said, I don't want it. But he himself doesn't know the Lord. But he has his zeal. He said, for Pentecostal pastor to come and preach in white garment church. You understand it? He has a very great zeal. That guy gave his life to Christ. The following week he told all of them, no more white gown here. They are from CCC. Okay? And no more white gown. It, the news went from London to, to Nigeria that the chief evangelist, you know, came. And, you know, we had a meeting together. But you see, what I'm saying by it is that, one, when God walks through you, remember you are not the one walking. It is God. Anything he does through you, it is him. And always point the glory to him who lives forever and ever. Okay? Don't because you have gifts manifesting in you, and somebody doesn't have gifts, or you have more gifts, and that person has one or two, before God, you are the same. Somebody who didn't operate anything, you are the same before God. God may decide to use somebody who didn't have anything at all before you to do signs and wonders that you have never seen before. So let no one think more highly of himself than he ought. Plus, give God the glory all the time. Now, if 
The calling, therefore, is for service. You can agree with me. One of the things that God will desire in a man is his attitude to serve. He will qualify you for call. That's why I said that when you see the children in church, when we say, oh, prayer meeting, you see people, some people regular. You say, pray, uh, Bible study, they are running there. You, you announce anything for church, they are running there. It's because there's a calling inside them. The only way they can interpret it is the zeal towards the Lord. But there are some of us, too, who haven't shown the zeal and we are called, and then we are appointed, we get, um, you know, uh, complacent. And Second Corinthians 11.3 applies. If you look at that Second Corinthians 11.3 again, before I just shift from this area. But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your mind may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion. When the hand of God is upon a man, it's because you are devoted. All right? But after he has his upon you, if you go down your devotion, you are a victim of Lucifer. It's not, it's not your work that increases. In this church, I have one of my leaders who worked in Birmingham. Okay? He will come from Birmingham after working the day and see me toss in the prayer meeting in New Cross. The director there, but he will see me toss. I know his job is not sitting in the office, just throughout. Exhausting. And it's similar. A good number of you like that. That they will go from morning to night, they meet us. And if they are not in such, you will see them in church. Such people, Satan have not gotten them. Okay? But if you look at yourself that you are zealous before and you are coming down. It's, it can't come from any busy schedule. It came from the devil. It came from the devil. See, the danger is this. You may have all the grace inside you. Okay? What brought God to walk in you, when those things begin to withdraw from you, God can walk because those are the fuel for God. One is humility. Commitment. Your zeal before the Lord. That is why you see people who always tell, ah, sometimes when I used to have dreams, God used to talk to me in dreams. You know, some people say things, stories like that. May, it, may that not be your story. Amen. When God used to use me, what do you mean? Satan is shifting you gradually. Gradually. But God can't do anything to that because it is whoever you yield your will to. I have known some other people who will be saying that, well, I, I know I have a calling, but we don't see you in prayer. You don't see you in Bible study. If I give you a microphone, you'll be shaking. That's what will happen to you. That is when you know that uh, people, we don't, people just don't open their mouth and begin to quote scriptures. No, you learn scriptures, okay? But to quote the scriptures appropriate to what you are speaking, it is the Father working in you through the Holy Spirit that does that. So if you have no relationship with the Holy Spirit, how can he do that to you? You'll be quoting scriptures that are irrelevant. People will soon get fed up and that they will write a letter to the apostle and say, please don't let that man write off anymore. Uh, even if he's a you to give us, that will not be your portion. Devil hates man to wear God. When you wear God, put on God, devil is not happy. He will do everything 
very, very tactically to weaken you, to affect your devotion. It's simple. A student who entered university, first year I got first. Second year I got first. And he begins to take it for granted, I'm a first class student anyway. I can guarantee you, that last year, it will fail. It will fail. Because the tenacity you, you put into life to earn a success is what is required even more to maintain the success. The moment you go back, you lose that success. Because success don't come because somebody is loafing about. See, power of God don't come because somebody just went and locked himself for three days and be fasting and praying. No. Who are you before the fasting? With God. What are you before the fasting with God? It's better for man to, re, you know, reunion with the Father and don't even fast. And pray and study and pray and study and pray and study. When you are solid with God, fast for one day, you see what will happen. You see what will happen? Christians have gone on hunger strike. Fasting for 30 days. Who sent you? Who sent you to fast? Where did you see that in the Bible? Fasting for 100 days, even that one is even bastardizing Christianity. How can Jesus himself, who is your maker, he <laughs> fasted only 40 days, and you are going for 60 days, 400 days. I say in the Holy Spirit, which Holy Spirit? The Bible has told us God cannot say any other thing apart from what he has said in the Bible. So how do you know God is speaking? Check it with the Bible. If it is not in line with the Bible, God is not the one speaking. In the book of Isaiah 58, go and read it at home. He said that I don't need all this useless fasting. I need people who have relationship with me. Not just fast, 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 fast to take God ransom. God is not there. God wants your attention. He wants you to show him what you are doing in the household of faith with the little he has given to you. That's what he wants to hear from you. So that you can tell good stories. And you must not have any ambition. Don't desire any of the five-fold ministry because it doesn't come by desire. You can desire to be an elder, but there are criterion. A man with one wife who, whose uh, household is an example. And all stuff like that. Okay, character, nature, stuff. But the five-fold ministry, apostle, you can't desire it. Prophet, you can't desire it. Teacher, you can't desire it. Pastor, you can't desire it. Evangelist, you can't desire it. Because Jesus gives you According to the portion. He, and he said in Jeremiah that before you were born, he created you to be that. And waiting for your commitment and service so that he can qualify you. You want to read further scriptures about that? Look at the book of Acts chapter, chapter 13. That's why you can't envy people who are ordained. You know, it's not because of gymnastics. Acts chapter 13. Look at what it says. In the church in Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, and the rest of them. Verse 2. And Saul was there. It says, in the church in Antioch, there were what? Prophets and teachers. Remember, I told you, when you are called to the fivefold, that does not mean you should go and have a church. No, God didn't call you to do that. No, he called you for fivefold. Look at, why did God give fivefold ministry? Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And we read verse 11, 12. 
It says, put it on the board. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. Why? To prepare God's people for work of service so that they can serve in church. So that the body may be built up. So, God gave us this gift to prepare God's people. Where do you have God's people? In the house of God. So when you are called an evangelist, called to be a prophet, called to be a teacher, called to be an apostle, you are in the house. That doesn't mean you go and start a branch. You know, you have many branches of church all over the whole place, wasting people's life and taking them to hell. In the mind of, we want to have the biggest church, we want to have churches all over the whole place. Jesus didn't send you that. He didn't send you that. Many will pay with their life in eternity. When the Lord will say, did I send you to do that? Look at your work. Because he will not back up what he did not commission. But then if you go straight away to that book of Acts, how are people called? It says in the church of Antioch, they were teachers and prophets, but they were in the church to build up God's people. And he mentioned their name among them, Lucius, Simon, Barnabas, Saul, who was called the Paul. Now look at verse 20. It says, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting. These who were worshipping, they fasted to sing praises. I love that. <laughs> that we are coming like praise night. They just fasted. And we didn't praise night. Some people fast for problems. This is like fasting just to worship God. As they are worshiping, the fasting and worshiping, it says, The Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me or separate for me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work to which I have called them. <coughs> now listen, but these people are prophets and teachers, but they are in the church. They didn't start prophetic ministry or teachers' ministry. I've met some people who will say to me that I'm an itinerary minister. I will say to them that we need you in Abulefo, in Pakutu, Bagura. They need you here, there. But you see, what they are talking is that they want to go from church to church and call themselves itinerary minister. I didn't see that in the Bible. One of them called me this year. He was coming from America. Hey, man of God, how are you? I said, I'm fine. I, he only passed through here when they were doing Olympics. He's one of the people who came past through here. Hey, I was going to say yes. He said, I'm coming to London. I said, well, the Lord will bless your trip. He got to London. He called me. He said, I'm now in London. I said, you are very, very welcome. Uh, let me look at my diary. We can meet together to have a lunch and stuff like that. But when I looked at it, it came at the time I was very busy. I said, look, this time I'm very, very busy, okay? Some other time, I'll be able to meet up with you. But if you come to church, well, you may. You know, we can just have a chat. He called me again. He said, when will I come and preach? I said, preach where? I said, excuse me, brother. Do you not have a church? Oh, he said, yes, I do have a church in America. I said, so why are you not preaching there? What are you doing here? Are you on holiday or what? He said, no, I'm an itinerary minister. I said, I didn't see that in the Bible. He said, no, that is an itinerary minister. I said, okay, if you're an itinerary minister, you should have been invited by the places you are going, isn't it? He said, well, no, if we just come, we just phone and, you know, come and preach. I said, 
What is the problem my church has now that the Holy Spirit told you to come and tell my people? I said, you don't know the church you are coming. You want to come to Christ with Tabernacle? You must hear God. I said, bro, if I go to America without anybody inviting me, I go there to rest. And I go to a church, sit down there so that I can be ministered to. I don't go about, the work of God is not Scar Baba job. And I said that that, that pulpit of Christ the Barnacle cost my life. And if I bring any vagabond there, God will require their blood from my, the blood of the members from my neck. I said, what I don't do, I don't condone. He went to Spain, you won't believe it, the following week. He called me from Spain again and said, when, I, when will I come to your church? I said, you, you don't know what you are doing. <laughs> you are certainly sick. I said, you're a jobless man. If you don't have a job, go and apply and get a job, my friend. <laughs> go and get a job. I don't go about any nation looking for a pulpit. Why? Why? If you look at the scripture, the Bible says that these people were in a church. Building the church until the Holy Spirit says separate for me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work which... I have sent them. And if you look at it, the next verse says, So after they had fasted and prayed, they what? Lay hands on them and send them off. The next verse, The two of them sent on their way by what? But it is the apostle who lay hands on them, and the Bible says the Holy Spirit is the one who sent them. Yes, because when the Holy Spirit reveals that we should post you to a city, okay, and we lay hands on you and send you, the Holy Spirit will back you up. The Holy Spirit will back you up. Look at CFT Church in um, uh, Ireland, how it started. It's like Acts chapter 8. Philip went to Samaria running for his life. And he got there and he discovered that these people don't know Jesus. He started preaching Jesus to them. Before you know it, the lame walked, the blind saw. Ah! Philip said, this is interesting. And then all the manifestation began to happen. When the people gathered, did you hear that Philip started Philip ministry there? No, he sent to the base, Jerusalem. Apostles, Samaria is on fire. I can't handle it. The apostles who are the governmental head have to come. To put the church in order, it doesn't come by academics. The academic knowledge can be instrumental, but it, came, it comes by divine inspiration. And plus, he got the people saved, but the people have not been baptized. The Holy Spirit lay hands on them, nothing happened. So he called the apostles. When the apostles came, he said so that they will lay hands on them that they may receive the Holy Spirit. The moment they lay hands on them, they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. They didn't pray for them. Because they are programmed by God to do that. And Philip, an evangelist, knew his own limits. That look, to witness to one person, I can. Two, three people, I can. But the whole city, ah, yeah, 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 this already destroyed me. I have to go. <laughs> so he called the apostles who can manage everything. And if you look at something about, about Samaria, Philip was not the pastor of Samaria. 
because he moved and he posted ministers. People call back. And you, you know that from principle of the apostles, they will pray. The one God said, take. They said, when we started church in uh, Ireland, the pastor of Ireland was telling me, ah, pastors, apostle, please send a pastor to us. We need a pastor now. No, because it was an usher. And the Lord told me that, no, he is the pastor. I said, okay. Okay. I said, just continue to teach them. Because he had never been a pastor. He wasn't even a deacon, I think. And so, I said, but all the sermon notes he wrote when he was here, he brought them out. He said he was teaching them those sermon notes, one topic to the other, one topic, Dr. Matthew. And the news of him spread that they haven't found a church like this, not in this place, in the whole city. And before you know, people started coming, people started coming, people started The one who promised him doom, eventually his church closed down. Himself and his wife joined the church. You know, a white garment man. I met him. Who went to Pastor Martin and said that all my members, you are stealing my members. Pastor Martin said, I don't have members. You don't have members. They belong to God. And he said that I will show you Pepe. So the day I went to Pastor Martin, Pastor Martin had told me, he said, Apostle, that is the man who wants to show me Pepe. I said, Oga. <laughs> we crossed to go and meet you. He went to the floor. He, uh, oh, man of God. All of them watched my television program, too. He said, You promised me do. He said, No, 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 no. I was just joking. I was just joking. <laughs> I said, You better joke. I said, You and your household, you will serve the Lord in this place. He is one of our deacons, and the wife is a deaconess in the church now. In under Pastor Matthew, eventually. But. Pastor Matthew was expecting me to bring a pastor. I said, I'm bringing a pastor. The day I will ordain him, I went there. He's expecting that I have brought a pastor. And after being the meeting, I called him out. And I poured oil on his head. And I anointed him and ordained him as a pastor. According to the pattern of the book of Acts. Because the Holy Spirit told me that I should. Same thing with Birmingham. The, the pastor Billy in Birmingham. The church grew over 50 he was not a deacon. And he was saying that she sent one of the pastors. You know, I said, okay, just continue. Gave him the pattern, gave him all the material information, and build him up. And when I went, the day we went to do crusade there, he expected the pastor to be, to be appointed over there. I called him out, and I anointed him and ordained him, because the Holy Spirit said he is the pastor. I would get it now. So, in a in a church, you may have 100 pastors, but they must remain in that church. Because when the Holy Spirit will send any one of them, then they can go. And when the Holy Spirit send, the church must back up the person. You can't be a itinerary minister, hungry, bamboos, and suffering financially, and begging for money all over, and then eventually begin to collect four or five offerings in a service. You know those nonsense? No. When the Holy Spirit says, send that man, the church lay hands on them, and they send them forth. And the Holy Spirit send them forth. And when the Holy Spirit send them forth, the church back them up financially. They back them up everything they need. They, they don't have headache about what, how, and stuff. They just keep going. And the church back them. Back them up with intercessors. Back them up with men and women to work for them. I would get them now. But it is, as we are here too now, let me say this to you. If there is any one of you that God has called to, to be a, a pastor of a local church, how will come? You start a home group in your house. 
That home group will grow and the whole house will be filled up. Of converts from your area. That is evidence that you are called to go and start a church. Once that happens, there is nothing stopping us. Because the gift has worked in you. Unless if the Holy Spirit says, send this man to that place. And if the Holy Spirit says so, you will have received the witness in your spirit. Either before or at the time that the Holy Spirit is saying it. You're not going to be saying, but what, but what, but what about, what about. It can't happen. Because Holy Spirit don't do things like that. He might have revealed to them. But if he did not, at the time of the word, they will get a weakness inside them by the Holy Spirit. And the zeal exuberance will rise up within them. And it will be husband and wife if they are married. Both of them will co-get it. Like Aquila and Priscilla. I would get it now. This is the Holy Spirit. You see, the chaos in the church of God that you have seen all over the world is because many went out who are not sent by the Holy Spirit. But I will talk to you later about this. It is an easy way to get to hell. You must not work for the Lord. You must work with the Lord. Let's stand up and pray. We are going to pray now. And this is where we are going to end tonight. Tomorrow I will continue with you tomorrow on the second part of your lecture tonight, which is you know, what we started on Sunday, so that you can master the terrain. The devil, Jesus said, the prince of this world came to me. He found nothing. <coughs> now, this is your prayer point. You have a gift which the Holy Spirit has given you because of the great commission. Some of you have a calling and the Holy Spirit has put gift inside you. You are going to pray. We know that the Lord Jesus called to service. Holy Spirit give gift. But God is the one who works it out in all. Tell the Lord, I'm available. Walk through me. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Tell the Lord, I'm available, Lord. Walk through me. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit give gifts. Jesus called to service and the Father walked through us. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus. I render myself to your service. I render myself to you as a vessel. Walk through me, O God. Walk through me, O God. Tell the Lord, walk through me, O God. Let your gift be a glory inside me. Tell the Lord, let your gift be a glory in me. Walk through me, Lord Jesus. Father, Lord, I'm available, I'm available, I'm available. Let the gifts that you have given me, let them begin to manifest. The gift of faith, the gift of knowledge, the gift of wisdom, the gift of healing, signs and wonders. Lord, the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Let them begin to walk through us, O oh God. Let them begin to walk through us, O oh God. Walk through me, Lord. Tell the Lord, let unction from heaven rest upon me. Let your unction from heaven rest upon me now, 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 now. It is the time of your power, O oh God. The Bible says that you will receive power. 
when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Then you will be my witnesses. Come by Amasarabaha. Tell the Lord, empower me, Holy Spirit of God, that I may be a testifier of Jesus. Let your unction rest upon me, O God. Let your unction power come upon me, Lord Jesus. Use me, Lord Jesus, right of Nazareth. Jesus, unction from heaven to function. Let your unction rest upon me, Lord Jesus. Let your unction rest upon me, O King of heaven. Use me. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. You know, this area that you have told me to speak today, I told you that I teach you for seven days in August because it's very vast. But, I mean, I just wanted to summarize. That's what I've done today, just a little summary. I haven't got, I've got about a quarter of the summary, really. But we have to leave. You know, Philip was not known by a nation. Though he was known in the church as, an, as a deacon. Okay? But nobody knew him as evangelist. They call him Deacon Philip. Until Samaria manifested. Stephen was known as Deacon. Read chapter 7. The Bible says God did extraordinary miracles through Philip. Deacon! Deacon! When they pour oil on your head and call you a deacon or a deaconess, you must function. That oil is not water. It is seal of commission from heaven. Bible says that they lay hands on them and the Holy Spirit sent them because man lay hands on them. I will hear them now. Let me say this to you. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus sent the church, gave them power and authority. And the Bible said they came back and said, even demons submit to us, church members. Church members, they all cast out devils. Ah, I mean, I can see those, those guys when they were growing up. The first demon they cast out, they would be wondering, wow! Then they go for the second one, the third one, because Jesus gave them the power and authority. And Acts 1 8 says, You will receive power after the God's company. You are going to tell the Lord, Father, reveal me with your power. That mark I read to you, chapter 16, verse 20 and 21, he says, And the Lord walked with them and confirmed their word with signs and wonders. Tell the Lord, in this season in England, nobody can accept Christianity. Christianity is being persecuted every day. Look at the DUP. That they are having uh, alliance with the with the with the with the with the, the, the prime minister. Some 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 foolish people went to television today. They were talking about that. But the DUP don't allow homosexual. But the DUP don't allow uh, abortion. And so why should the government government go and go and um, uh, uh, have uh, uh, alliance with them? And all the foolish people in the television were talking foolish things. I said, I wish I was there to tell them that you are all talking foolishly. 
what you believe at the expense of the, 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 the livelihood of this nation. You understand? And some of them were trying to, you know, feel, you know, talk, talk just uh, for them to be uh, politically correct. But I thank God for one man who was there. He gave it to them terrible. He told them that, okay, who, who should Prime Minister Theresa May? Who should he, she now align with? Tell me among all the rest. You know? The DUP don't believe in gay marriage. They don't. Because the Bible does not say man and man should marry. And marriage came from the Bible. It didn't come from uh, English grammar. They don't accept a woman to just walk into a place and kill a child by abortion. And all the girls get pregnant, they go and kill children. And blood is all over the whole place in their hands. And then judgment of God is coming upon the nation. But they can't see that. So this nation cannot believe unless they see signs and wonders. That's what I'm telling you. They are fed up of talk. If you say you are a Christian, the whole media will run against you. If you say you are a Muslim, they are very careful what they say. Okay? But if you say you are a Christian, everybody will just run down upon you. So, we're going to tell God, Father, show yourself forth. Anoint your church in England with power to distinguish us from every nation. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. you this generation will not believe unless they see signs and wonders <laughs> Foley is calling on Foley on our television daily anoint us oh God with your power from on high the power that will make Christians to speak the lame will walk on the streets of England the blind will see on the streets of our nation anoint us with your power oh God Anoint her with your power. Miraculous manifestations. Those of you who are deacons and deaconesses, tell God, let the anointing work for me. Let the anointing I receive work for me. Elders, pray. Pastors, pray. Distinguish me from among many by the grace of your anointing. Lord, let your anointing work for me. If you are a member, tell Jesus, give me power and authority as you did in Luke chapter 10. That demons will bow before me. The lame shall walk by my word. The blind shall see by my word. Criminals shall be saved by my word. We will turn this nation upside down, preaching the gospel of Jesus. Father, we pray thee. Tell the Lord, distinguish me with your unction from heaven. Distinguish me from with your power from heaven. We had enough persecution in England. The church of God in the United Kingdom is under persecution. Anoint us, O God, with your power. 
that we may function. Tell the Lord, let your power follow me home tonight, 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 tonight. Tell the Lord, send your angel to bring the coal of fire and put it on my tongue. As you anointed the lips of Jeremiah, anoint my lips, O God. As you anointed the lips of Isaiah, anoint my lips, O God. Anoint my lips with authority that brings man to Christ. Anoint my lips with power. That your name be glorified, O God. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Lord, the Bible says, if we wicked fathers know how to give good things to our children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask for? And Lord, tonight we only ask for the gift of the Spirit. We ask for ammunitions of heaven. Lord, the nations of the world has been taken over by Satan. Not only England, the whole of Europe, America, Africa, Asia, trouble all over the whole of Middle East. The devil is the one behind it, killing and maiming tragedies all over the whole place because of the sins of men. Because the nations turned away from the God who created the heavens and the earth. And so God withdrew, and the devil is messing up the whole world. Father, Lord, in this midst, in the midst of all this, let your unction rest upon us. Amen. That is the only thing that can make a difference, because in the, in the city of Samaria was Simon the sorcerer, who had been, been hailed, <coughs> that he is the one who had the power of God for years, until Philip came with power. He put a heart to every confusion and direction came. Let your unction from heaven rest upon the church. Power, Lord, that will raise the dead. Power that will heal the blind. Power that the lame will walk. Power that amputated hands will grow. Power that the blind will see and the deaf and don't be healed right on the spot in the name of Jesus. On the streets of England, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That people who come to oppose will hear and the demons will fly out of them. Put an end to all these riddles. That will your name be glorified. This we ask and thank you is done. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the King of Heaven. Hallelujah. Please, let's be seated. Who is in charge?